The Fantasy Six-Pack Hour With your hosts Joe Bob Ah, you're awful And A.J. Applegar Sin Shu Chu It's a mouthful All right, all right. Welcome to the Fantasy Six Pack Hour. My name is Joe Bond, founder of FantasySixPack.net. With me, as usual, my co-host AJ Applegarth. What is up, man? Hi. Hi. Got a headache. So so excited, <laughs> man. Are you happier than last week? Because my God, that was depressing. I, was it? I mean, I <laughs> I thought it was. I thought it was pretty par for the course. Um, <laughs> You know, okay. For random Thursdays in December. Sure, man. The I mean, longest, we drink a beer, talk football. I don't know. I don't know what's wrong with the me. year. <laughs> That's why it's a depressing month, Joe. Ah, uh, you're so dark depressing. all the time. Like my sorry, I, sorry, I asked. Jeez, I'll. Uh... Yeah, I'm great. I'm great. Yeah, man. All right. Uh, so, so we're gonna talk some football, drink some beer. Um, the Rams and the Patriots are on right now. The Rams are taking care of business. Uh, and guess what, everybody? It is fantasy football playoff time. Time to get that money. Um, I'm in a few a few leagues. <laughs> so, uh, you, you, you're Scott. Scott's making fun of you, AJ. <laughs> it's I usual. That, that's that's normal. I, I don't understand why. Uh, anyway, uh, so Hi, so. Congrats to all of you that made the playoffs. If, if you're listening still and you didn't make the playoffs, thank you for sticking around and just listening. Anyways, we do have some DFS content this week. Our uh, our producer Jeff is is going to give us some DFS content. Uh, so some plays for those of you who want to uh, to try to go win back your your entry fees. If you know you lost those, then uh, more power to you. And and uh, we'll, we'll we'll get in on, get in on that. Uh, in the meantime, though, let's let's do our beer of the week. What do you say? I say I'm thirsty. Mm, beer. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hi, man. So what you got this week? All right. Well, this week I am drinking um, an other half Imperial India Pale Ale called More Strata Than All Strata. It's a 105 percenter. It's uh, it's pretty damn good. Not gonna lie. Tastes like uh, tastes like they used a lot of a lot of the uh, Strata hops. I'm gonna go with, and uh, it's a it's a quality brew. Sounds good, man. Uh, so I'm drinking an Aslin Brewing Company. It's called Selfish Predator. Double dry hop, double IPA. Uh, I know you you had this one at our favorite restaurant down in Columbia, Maryland, or up. I guess actually it's up from us. Uh, uh, and 
I believe I gave this, I've, I haven't checked it in yet tonight, but I believe I gave it a four on untapped. So pretty solid stuff. It's just a, it's just a really good above average IPA it really is man. Uh, eight and a half percent or so. That one. Cheers to you, man. Oh, All right. Sorry. So no advice come this week. We're in the playoffs guys. You don't need a ton of advice at this point. It's, you know, start your best lineup. Like, I mean, what else are we going to do at this point? Um, you don't always have to start the first guys you drafted, you know, play the matchups as we mentioned last week. Um, so we're just going to jump right into the, the weekly topics and, what we got this week is we're just going to jump into some news and notes, some things that are happening around the NFL that are impacting uh, fantasy football and, and start right off the bat here with the Philadelphia Eagles. They have officially benched Carson Wentz. Um, They're going with Jalen hurts as the starter. I mean, I don't know, AJ I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to just give you, give you the mic on this one. You know, you're, you're, you're closer to this team than, than I am. You follow it. I'm like, I know Carson Wentz has struggled. I'm just not sure Jalen Hurts is the answer. But what do you think? Um, I mean, I don't think I don't think it could be much worse than Wentz. So whatever the answer is, it's not let's keep going with Wentz. Um, and again, it's it's not all his fault. Uh, this year, I will say a lot of it is I've talked ad nauseum on the show this year about how many blown passes he's had and open receivers. And I don't know what the hell he's doing. Um, maybe there's an underlying injury that nobody is talking about or whatever, uh, or he's just not as good as he was a couple years ago. Um, you know, the offensive line is Swiss cheese. They need to get younger. They need to stop bringing Jason Peters back. Don't get me wrong. I love the guy. He's been the stalwart in the NFL and for this team for a long time. But he's he's not cutting it anymore. He's injured way more than he's able to help the team. So that's been a big problem. Um, you know, the loss of Brandon Brooks up there has been a massive problem. Um, you know, one of the top offensive linemen of the year uh, last year gone so you're already kind of in a hole as it is um you know and of course he hasn't had alshon jeffrey i mean how could you succeed when you don't have an alshon jeffrey to throw the ball to guys i mean what are we doing that is it might be bad that might be hurting and more than we're going to admit (laughs) it's it's the crazy thing right (laughs) i like i joke about it but Honestly, it's it's a guy that he's comfortable. He's a professional. With. He's a professional receiver. Like he's that's all there is to it. He knows how to run now. routes. He knows how to catch. Like he's good. Like I mean, he's not like look. Fulgham was a good three week story. <laughs> it didn't last very long. He's yeah, well, still getting so targeted, but he can't Greg catch Ward it. Last year, yeah, right. I mean, that's what's happening. They're, they're relying on these like flash in the pan guys. So where at least with with Alshon, you know, you know what you can what you can can count on here and and yeah i mean scott wrote it there grab the saint steen the crab cake invitational yeah i mean 100 percent. you have to and i'm actually kind of shocked that they were available um what are we doing here uh that's a it's <laughs> a joke that we didn't that he wasn't already owned in that league but 
10 team league, I guess it is what it is, but they, uh, that, that's going to be a smash spot for them. Uh, uh, you know, in my opinion. So I, I picked, I've got them in a, in a couple of spots where I am in the playoffs too. So I'm right there with you, Scott. Um, for those of you who don't know who I'm talking about, it's, it's Scott Simpson nimble with numbers, uh, on, on Twitter. Go ahead and follow him. Good guy. Uh, right for fantasy six pack. So, um, definitely, definitely, uh, pay attention to him. But yeah, man, I don't know. I mean, so, so let's, let's, let's look a little deeper into this. So Miles Sanders has been struggling, uh, the last few weeks they, they've brought back, uh, his nemesis on that team and, and he's taken some carries away and for, yeah, who knows why? Cause Sanders was smashing earlier in the year when he was healthy, um, came back and was good too. And now all of a sudden his, his snap counts are going down his, obviously his carries are going down, his reception is going down. And so, does Jalen Hurts help or hurt, or is it just kind of you're just off of Sanders in general at this point? Yeah, it's hard to be off of Sanders because you've spent such high draft capital on him, but he hasn't really been producing, you know, aside from early on in the season when he was healthy. Um, <clears throat> I, I think with Hurts, you know, the, the thing that helps him the most is he's a little more elusive than Wentz. So once the offensive line breaks down, which it will a lot, uh, he at least has the ability, I feel like, to scramble more than than Wentz has been able to. Um, and I think that that helps Sanders a little bit because if he understands this and realizes it, hopefully he can get himself into some position out in space a little bit as a, a an open dump off for Hertz and just get some, you know, little chunks of yards here and there, build confidence really for both of them, um, you know, to, to build the rapport too. So we'll see what happens. I mean, I, I'd probably still look elsewhere this week um, because New Orleans is, is quite a good defense against running, but <laughs> Yeah, I mean, next week may change my mind because you've got Arizona. So, I mean, they're still good against the run too. <laughs> so, I I don't know. I I just I just don't even know what to think of this team anymore. Other than when is the draft, <laughs> and how are you going to find a way to f things up and pick like tenth? Yeah, we uh, I. I I think we're on the same page with, with Sanders. Like it, it is hard to go away from him. You know, the talent is there. It's just how much can he do with this team right now and how much opportunity they're going to give him. Um, I, I did, I, I've dropped him to like 25th in my running back rankings this week and half PPR. I'm, I'm pretty low on him. Um, I had him up at 20 at one point and just kept looking at guys right below him and going, nah, I'd, I'd rather play him. No, nope, I'd rather play him. Nope, I'd rather play him. And it just kind of kept going. And I was like, all right, I got to stop. <laughs> I just need to stop. Um, but, like, I mean, he hasn't finished in the top, like, 30 in the last couple of weeks. So, like, I mean, it wouldn't shock me if he if he doesn't finish there again. Um and I, you know, I don't think we're care, we're really caring about the receivers. The only, I think, the only guy we're even remotely worried about at this point, besides Sanders, is Goddard. And 
I don't think anybody cares about Ertz right now, but I mean, like, what about Goddard? Like, can if Jalen Hurts, I, I kind of wonder if Jalen Hurts is just going to try to like chuck it downfield too much and maybe it hurts Goddard. I, I just don't know how this guy's going to play football. We just haven't seen enough from him. Obviously, we didn't see a preseason from him, so we just don't really know his game. We know his college game, but that was Oklahoma, right? I mean, it's that does a run and gun shoot offense. Like, it's just high powered. That's not the same he's, he's going to get here. So, what do we, what do we do with with Jalen Hurts, you know, or Goddard here with Jalen Hurts? Hmm. Again, I mean, I just think it's it's playoffs. You, you can't mess around here because you do when you're out. Um, Goddard's still been productive overall. I mean, he finished with uh, five for sixty six last week. After you know getting in the end zone two weeks straight, obviously that was with Wentz. So it does worry me a little, but I think I, out of everybody, I would have probably the most confidence in Goddard over Sanders over you know Alshon. Um, yes, yeah, <laughs> I think especially the way that the tight end landscape is shaping up to be. Um, although we've got some guys getting kind of kind of hot here down the stretch, but. Yeah, um, I think you're you're pretty much hoping that he can just get some volume and, and work out here. But let's jump ship here and um, talk about the Carolina Panthers, who have a slew of problems on their hands. A lot of people were hoping that Christian McCaffrey was going to return this week, but uh, it doesn't look like it's happening. He um, he obviously had the shoulder injury. No, it was looking pretty good. Um, but now all of a sudden he has a thigh injury like going on with this guy he's like falling apart uh right before our eyes and and it's just he's been amazing when he's been on the field top 10 finishes every week in in half ppr leagues but he just can't stay on the field this week or this year uh it, it's it's a it's a fairly tough matchup but not as tough as it has been in the past against the broncos but i mean like where would you slot like mike davis in this week if cmc actually does miss time I mean, Davis has just kind of fallen off hard after his initial start, so I'm not overly confident in him. I, I don't like this matchup much at all. Um, it just, I don't think, I, I, there's a lot of guys I feel like I would start ahead of him that are behind him. Um, you know, easily my boy Naheen Himes. Uh, I've been riding him all year. No problem starting him over him, and he's ranked behind I him. would not be doing that. You would not be doing I that? I would not be doing that. Jonathan Taylor has taken that backfield over. Naeem Hines is a not an afterthought. He's going to gonna get some work. But if you're talking, you're getting all the workload for Davis as compared to, I don't know, you're hoping 10, 12 touches for Naeem Hines. I'm taking Davis every time. All right. Well, let's put a little bet on it. And... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> make it interesting here. Uh, I, I, I can I can get down with that. All right, all right. Um, I'll have to figure something out. <clears throat> I mean, I was just thinking of Secret Santa of beer, um, but we got to do that anyway. So, um, <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> yeah, I I mean, again though, I I still I I get it that Taylor is taking that back over, but. I just like, 
Hines, I think he's he's had a couple down games, but you know, overall he's been the best back in that backfield. Um you look at another guy that's getting partial workload that could have a good week, Jamal Williams. Um you know, hell, Todd Gurley is ranked way down behind him. Granted, uh, he's Todd Gurley, play, so and that's he might not play. So, yeah, I mean, there's there's a few guys, uh, but I just Davis just hasn't impressed me since early on. I mean, he's he's not he's not getting it, even with the full workload that he had. No, I, I hear you. He's definitely not doing what he was doing early on, but I he's still think three touchdowns rushing. Eh? But you know what? He he's getting a lot of the he's getting a lot of the passing work and 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 things. So I, I don't know. I just I like him better than those you know backup guys that you're talking about. I just don't think I can do that. So, um. Anyway, um, couple of guys here. Getting a little bit of a echo here. Yeah. What's going on here, <laughs> Jeff? That might have been that might have been your phone. Yeah. All right. Good deal. Oh, hey, look, I can talk, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> um. All right. So, on the other side of the not the other side, but on the passing games for the Panthers here, got a couple interesting guys on COVID IR. We're not getting a lot of news that they've tested positive or not, but. DJ Moore and Curtis Samuel on COVID IR. I mean, look, if if they're both actually out for this game, Robbie Anderson, Robbie Anderson is a, in my opinion, a must start. Like, I don't know how you do not get him in your lineups, uh, especially DFS. Like, he's gonna get all the work. They've got nobody else to throw to. Right? Um uh... Maybe we'll hear no. differently from. I mean, you could have uh, a big game out of you know Brandon Zalestra. Sure. Uh, okay. Ian Thomas could have a nice game finally. So I would look forward to that. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't see how you bench Anderson this week at all. Uh, uh, you know, Samuel could return. Um, his issue looks like it was a close contact issue. Um. So, I haven't take that, I, yeah, take that I, for I keep, what it's. I keep looking for news, but uh, I mean, nobody's really starting Bridgewater in this game. But so it's all about like the other guys stepping up, and then, like, and that would be yeah. another thing. Like that would be another reason why I would go play Davis if CMC sits, is because they're probably going to use him in the passing game a ton more because like what, they've got nothing else. Yeah. So like that's just another boost to his value. And that's why I've got him in the top 15 running backs right now. Um, now, obviously, everything will change if people come back. But, you know, as of now, it looks like this is the way it's leaning. And, and, and that's what I'm going with from our rankings. Um, moving on here <clears throat> to another another injured player. And this one's unfortunate because this guy was on fire. You know, people were really hoping he was going to lead them, lead him to championships. Antonio Gibson out, not out, but injured with a toe. Uh, it looks like it's pretty bad. He has he's not practicing right now, and all all signs are pointing him to being out this week. So, I mean, JD McKissick, Peyton Barber. Uh, I'm guessing JD McKissick is is who you're leaning toward as far as fantasy plays, but 
I don't think we can totally write off Peyton Barber as like a super like deep, you know, just maybe a flex play. I mean, he gets a lot of rushes. He's just not a lot of yards, but he gets those goal line touches too. Yeah, that's what I was just going to say. I feel like Barber is more valuable at the goal line. Um, and if Washington can get down there any other way through the air, then he's, he's the guy in my mind. Um, I like Barber over over McKissick personally. I mean, I like McKissick as the overall fantasy play because he's going to get more. He's going to get more work. He's going to get all those passing get more you know, volume he's get tons of targets, yeah. right? And so that you know that adds up. Barber, I mean, Barber's going to rush like twelve times for thirty three yards and maybe a touchdown. You know, <laughs> it's not it's not going to be pretty, but it's going to be enough, right, to be yeah. probably top. 25 running back or something crap like that. But um, McKissick's going to be more of a, he's got the safer floor. Uh, he's got the much higher ceiling in my opinion. So he's the guy you go with. Um, but Barber can't be forgotten. Uh, and, but I mean, we've also got McLaurin kind of banged up too. And so that could just boost McKissick's value even more. I mean, Smith already likes to check it down to, you know, Logan Thomas and McKissick and everybody else. And now without McLaurin there, it could just be even more. I mean, Steven Sims or Cam Sims or whoever it's going to be. Yeah, Cam's been <laughs> good. Cam's man. been He's, good, but I don't know. Not feeling it. La- last team I wanted to talk about here before we get to our DFS plays. The Steelers, man, not not to uh, not to rub it in their face, but, you know, they lost to a subpar team, dude. Um, and there's been a lot of talk about, you know, the running game, not being able to get the job done. Um, the passing game has been, you know, electric at times, but they also have a ton of drops this season, uh, 31 on the season's total, which doesn't sound like a lot, but it definitely leads the league. And they've had, they had seven drops last week and five the week before. It's it's been pretty bad for them. Uh, not that I'm saying drop any of these receivers, just because the volume is just massive for these guys, and and they're gonna get you your fantasy points regardless if they drop you know two three passes each. Uh, but like, is there anything any concern with you know maybe Big Ben going forward with these receivers struggling and maybe teams trying to copy what Washington did, which is just Go after, you know, go after, you know, Big Ben and just pressure, pressure, pressure. Make him dump it off faster than he wants to because the running game is non-existent. Yeah, um, I, I think so. I mean, I, I think it's obviously the blueprint to follow because they're the only team that's beaten them. Um, uh, you know, it, Ben is is not easy to get down because he's just such a towering force back there um but i i think if you get in his face enough and just can't continue to frustrate (laughs) him yeah he's he's not mobile um so he's gonna be just as long as you pile on him he'll eventually get taken down uh or he's just not gonna have anywhere to throw the ball so i i i think it's definitely a combination of ben and you know, all the drops don't don't help his cause either. And it's like, well, okay, now who am I going to throw to? You drop the ball X amount of times. 
I'm starting to lose some confidence in you. All right, I'm going to go over here. All right, great. Now you're dropping the ball. Where am I going to throw the ball? Was that where you I yawning mean, and you were trying to like make up for that by kind of screaming at the same time? Or what the hell was that? Yeah, <laughs> it was it was a little bit of both. All right. right good deal. Just making sure here. Making sure we're all the same. Week. <laughs> it worked that, well until you like said something. Like, trying to do a little uh, Count Dracula thing. Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> I have no idea what was no, going on. No. Halloween's over, Joe. I don't know, man. Come on. Hey, you, don't, you, don't like, you don't like Christmas, so I thought you were just stuck in Halloween land. I mean, I like Halloween a hell of a lot more than I like Christmas. Nightmare Before Christmas. That's probably your favorite Christmas movie. What? Nightmare Before? I, we've watched it 3,000 times. Since, oh, uh, so, I'm, so I'm, I'm good. I'm right there with you. Okay. I, I, I never saw it before the first time we watched it, though. Like a month or two ago. I had never seen it until last weekend. So, yeah, I'm right there with you. It's a good movie, though. I like it. I do like it now. It's Our daughters love it. They watch <laughs> definitely, it. Definitely a daily. strange Halloween or uh, Christmas movie for me, but it'll work. Yeah. It'll, it gets the job done. Good. Uh, yeah, so my take on the Steelers is right. Like, I still think you're playing these receivers. They're just getting so much volume. Uh, the running game, like, James Conner is probably coming back this week, but I don't think anybody cares. Unless he shows something this week, I'm not playing him. Like, I. I you can't trust it. Yeah. It's just, I know like the bills have given up some yards, but I'm not, you can't, I mean, he was averaging in abysmal yards per carry. I think I saw somewhere it was like a yard and a half per carry for the last few games before, before he got hurt. And it was just like, Oh God, like that's just terrible. Uh, and Snell and McFarlane weren't doing anything either. So, uh, yeah, I, I mean, you're playing the receivers. I think I'm dropping Big Ben in my rankings just a couple spots this week. I mean, the volume will be there for him, too, and maybe that'll make up for it. But there's already been talk where, like, look, you don't catch the ball, you're getting benched. James Washington's been solid for them. Ebron's dropping passes, too, though, so he's not going to be a good option either. But I don't know. I mean, I don't know what they're going to do. It's just one of those, like, it's just something to keep an eye on and, and react as it goes along. I think this week's just, you know, par for the course for them, though. Um, anyway, let's get to our DFS plays. We've got producer Jeff on on the on the uh, other end of the mic here, behind the scenes. Hey, and uh, he, he writes some 4 for 4 or articles, DFS articles, and expanded box score as well. So... Wanted to get his take for some DFS plays this week as he, uh, you know, to kind of, for those of you trying to jump in some DFS for the first time this year, uh, trying to make up for maybe losing and not making your playoffs. So have have at it, man. Wow, that's a great introduction. Thank you. Um, Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. So, um... <laughs> Yeah, so like like Joe said, I'm doing single game DFS at four for four for the rest of the season, and hopefully beyond that if they like me enough. And then uh, do a lot of editing uh, for expand the box score. This week I actually filled in for a DFS article, and I do the waiver wire as well there too. Um, but beyond that, uh, week 14 plays will start at quarterback. Um, one that I'm really interested in, a high variance, but the price is really good is Matt Ryan of the Atlanta Falcons. He is 5,700 on DraftKings and 7,300 on FanDuel. Um, for what he could potentially offer, 
um, and uh, a pass-happy offense because uh, we know Todd Gurley isn't good. Ido Smith is good in spurts, and Brian Hill, not good at all. So they're depending a lot more on Matt Ryan than normal. Um, and uh, he could potentially be without Julio Jones this week. That's kind of something that we talked about pre-show. Um, but uh, one set that is important, when Calvin Ridley and Julio Jones are on the field for 35% of snaps, Matt Ryan averages 23 points per game in fantasy. So, I mean, you're talking traditional scoring, four-point touchdowns. That translates well, as far as I'm concerned, for DraftKings um, and FanDuel. Um, the good thing is, too, he's lower than a lot of good quarterbacks. Good quarterbacks. Safer quarterbacks would probably be the best word to say. Um, but I like it. Uh, the Chargers' defense is not very good at all this year. And like I said, they, they still have one of the best wide receiver duos in the game. Other guys, if you want to look at um, a little bit more um, pricier options, a little bit safer floor, other side of the field um, would be Justin Herbert, 6,800. Uh, DraftKings, 8,300 on FanDuel. Obviously, um, uh, not the greatest week last week. That's the time to buy. Always go in the week after somebody's not played very good. Um, Atlanta is a run funnel defense, meaning that you're not going to run very well in them. But passing, game on. Uh, Justin Herbert clearly has good rapport with Austin Eckler. Um, Kalen Village uh, in the spurts he's been out there. Then you have Mike Williams, Keenan Allen, who is a target hog as well, too. Another great option. And then one of the safer floors this week is going to be Aaron Rodgers in Detroit. Um, that defense is, is just awful. Um, we don't really need to say more about that. Obviously, he's doing a lot with very little. Devontae Adams, a little bit of Jamal Williams, and um, Aaron Jones out of the backfield. Um, but after that, he just kind of sprinkles whatever. Good week last week with Tanyan. Tanyan. Um, but that's another guy that you pretty much can plug him in this year, and you know that you're going to get a very safe floor, pushing a minimum 18 points per game for Aaron Rodgers. Um, just wanted to go on to running backs here. Yeah, I mean, I I don't totally disagree with you on everything. I think the Matt Ryan play is sort of like. Uh, I, but... I mean, we're, we're not we're not just taking him because it's a, it's a low price tag. There's a reason why his price has dropped. And actually, yeah. using Fantasy Labs um, um, DFS tool, his price has dropped over five hundred dollars in the last month. So you're talking an average of one hundred twenty-five dollars. Obviously, it doesn't work that way in DraftKings, but he's dropped one hundred twenty-five dollars per week on average in his price. That's pretty steep for anybody at any position like that, short of having an injury. Like, Will Fuller is like, you know, the minimum now, because he's out for the year. Like, they're not going to price him up thing and somebody's going to play him or something right. like that. So, so Matt Ryan dropping to 5,700 on DraftKings, he didn't just do it because, like, he's, you know, good and they're just mispricing him. He's been very high variance this year. Yeah, I mean, I get it. I just... That offense has been so poor over the last few weeks, and Ryan just hasn't gotten it done. I'd just be worried about it, and you know. And I think, tell me if you're, if, tell me if I'm wrong, but like, if Julio doesn't play, you're off of that, right? Oh yeah, I'd be off of that. And again, too, okay. yeah, remember this isn't just a cash lineup where you're looking to beat one person. Um, Matt Ryan is clearly a tournament play. Um, you're 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 not gonna you know go and play somebody that's gonna be like a Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey stack in a cash lineup, and you're gonna go in there with with uh, Matt Ryan and Hayden Hurst because you want to save money and then spend up elsewhere. That's just not what you're doing or something like that. So Matt Ryan is strictly tournament play, but Aaron Rodgers, even though he is pricier and you're gonna get a safe floor in tournaments, he's definitely a cash viable type of a uh, 
quarterback this week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, uh, yeah, jump into the running backs. Let's right. see what you got. Running back, um, my favorite play is a guy that I drafted in the fourth round of Scott Fishbowl, and that's Chris Carson. Um, yes. You're still going to have a little bit of uh, a lesser workload, but you're still talking the dominant amount of carries and targets out of that backfield. And that's what you're looking for. Is is he utilizing it? Yes. Uh, on 13 carries last week, running for 70-plus yards, car, you know, caught three or six targets because Russell Wilson, a lot of times when he's dumping off to Chris Carson, is, you know, a half a second away from getting clobbered. So he's still got three catches. he got a receiving touchdown, which is great, especially in DraftKings type of formats. And you also want, in FanDuel, to be targeting running backs that also have a, a more expected touchdown floor. And Chris Carson is a guy that they're using everywhere. He isn't just a 20 to 20 yard line guy. Mm-hmm. He's running goal line. Of course, Carlos Hyde is still getting mixed in as well, too. Um, so you do have a little bit of variance with that, and that can be an issue. You don't want to be vultured, but it's not like there's anybody else. It's Carlos Hyde right now, or it's not going to be anybody that's going to take that goal line carry from him. Um, I also like David Montgomery this week. Um, uh, it's one of those, um, one thing, uh, he's 6,500 on DK, 6,600 on FanDuel. So you're not dealing with a price discrepancy that can cause um, a roster shift percentage to be kind of thrown off and kind of um, kill his value on one side or the other. Um, it's just flat, which is not too often you see that. Um, but with the Bears offense, you know Mitch Trubisky is either going to Allen Robinson or it's going to David Montgomery early. It's it's pretty much a concentrated offense. You're not you're getting a little bit out of Anthony Miller and Darnell Mooney, but three for thirty six isn't something that you wanna, you know, have in your in your uh, DFS lineup and stuff like that. So take a piece that's gonna work. Houston is awful. Bottom three in the league and schedule adjusted uh, rushing according to the four for four schedule uh, adjusted fantasy points app. Um, it's just they don't really good. They, they, they finally stuck to a center guard combination in Chicago that worked with Sam Mustafer and Alex Bars, two undrafted rookies from Notre Dame, actually anchoring the middle. Cody Whitehair got moved to left guard as well, too, and that's a position he's been very comfortable at while he's been with the Bears. Um, so the fact that they've opened up the middle against very bad defenses uh, when it comes to rushing the ball, look what he did last week against the Lions. I, it's, it's one of those plays that another guy, top 12 in season-long um, uh, fantasy rankings uh, at the at the running back position. He's 11th overall, I think, in PPR. So, like, it, there's a safe floor there. It's it's very unsexy. It's attached to that offense. But when you're guaranteeing a guy is going to get between 15 and 20 touchdowns and he's not priced like a Dalvin Cook or something like that where you know you're getting 20-plus carries, it, I mean, that's that's the savings, and you're, and you're at least going to get somewhat of a safer floor. Um, yeah, last, I like that one. Yeah, the last two guys I want to target – um, because they're both higher priced, but it's, it's just the time of the year where they relied upon them. That's Aaron Jones and Derrick Henry. Uh, Aaron Jones is 7,600 on uh, DraftKings, 8,700 FanDuel. Henry is 8,700 DraftKings and 9,600 on FanDuel. Priced up higher on FanDuel because they don't rely on PPR as much as half points. Um, and then you also lose uh, one extra wide receiver position as well, too, on there. So that makes a difference. Um, but when you're talking about those guys, it's Derrick Henry season. Um, let's not get ourselves. He's, <laughs> coming, he's, he's coming off a bad week. I know lazy narrative saying it's December. He's going he's gonna to run good. 
but it's just one of those guys. He's he is he's he's the focal point of Tennessee's um, offense, and he has a cake matchup against Jacksonville this week. Um, but it's it's just really nice play. And then Aaron Jones, um, I think he returned a little bit more to what you wanted out of him last week from the rushing game. Uh, you saw a little bit more explosiveness out of him. And obviously Jamal Williams is still going to be a guy. There's a reason why he's eleven hundred dollars uh, cheaper than Derrick Henry because he's losing tar- he's losing targets, he's losing touches at this point. But again, thirty second ranked rush defense in Detroit. You know, Aaron Rodgers is good enough for the arm tour. He doesn't need a lot of throws to be fantasy productive. So if you want to do an untraditional, non-traditional stack, an Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Jones stack is always nice, too, and if you want to trust their defense. So you have your running back defense correlation as well, too. That's one way you can kind of target the running back position. Yeah, I, I like I like all those plays, honestly. And, you know, kind of surprising. I like the Montgomery play, but he's been he's been – on fire lately. I don't know. AJ, you got anything else to add there with that? No, I, I love the Montgomery call. Um, you know, last week he finally broke out and had the game that I feel like we've been waiting for for a year and a half out of him. So it's been it two was nice pretty to good see. weeks in a row, mm-hmm. actually. Well, yeah. I mean, yeah. He's, he's been much better. So I, I like seeing it and I, I like the call. And you guys laugh at like my Trubisky stuff. I know he wasn't a, a quarterback one last <laughs> week. But honestly, the only reason why he wasn't is because when they got into goal-to-goal situations, Montgomery just had he was he, he established himself getting up to the goal line, especially in that first touchdown run. And then on top of that, keep going with the guy that's, that's running strong. It's it's the best thing that Matt Nagy and Bill Lazor did for that Bears offense last week is they let Montgomery run the ball, even if he had one or two bad runs. They just kept letting him run, and it worked out. And it gave it gave Trubisky a little bit more space to pass the ball. He had a couple of good throws, obviously, later in the game, different story. But for a guy like Trubisky, and you're seeing some of these younger quarterbacks, especially two or, you know, backups that are thrust into two to three game samples, having a running game, you know, besides, you know, an ultra dominant, you know, target, you know, when you do have to pass the ball, really does make a difference. I mean, it, we've, we've seen it for years. Jared Goff is probably the number one example oh, of that. Oh, yeah, I mean, absolutely. Like, come on, he was a dominant fantasy quarterback when he had Gurley as like the top running back in the league behind him. And yeah, he's got a good three headed monster behind him now. And I think acres has really taken off with it, but yeah, you, you see that all the time with these young quarterbacks, you know, they, they need that running game to kind of help them grow into it. And, uh, and not just get kind of stuck in the mud. Uh, do I still think Trubisky's any good? Not really, but it's just, you know, he can have his gains. Sure. Uh, last week wasn't one of them, unfortunately, but you brought up another point where like, yeah, the coaches have kept with Montgomery and I don't want to kind of we'll keep this quick, but I think that's something a lot of coaching staffs don't do. And I think it's a huge mistake. Running backs need volume. They need volume to be good. Uh, not just to get more yardage, but like they got to get in the flow. They got, you know, Almost like read the like quarterbacks, right? You read the defense a little more, get used to your offensive line, see how they're blocking, stuff like that. Like, you give them one carry for like one yard, and then you go, nope, we're just going to pass the rest of the game. <laughs> your running back's never going to get into a rhythm. It's just never going to happen. Uh, it's just very rare that you give a, a guy, you know, 10, 12 carries, and, you know, 
they can do what Alvin Kamara can do. Oh yeah, and just on top of that, like he clearly doesn't have straight line speed when we're talking about Montgomery, but he, right. he, he's he's what top three in yards after contact. He has the most you know missed missed tackles out of running backs, and and it, it's funny because you saw it happen last week on the opposite end. Adrian Peterson clearly isn't the finesse back that he was, but when he 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 plowed over Roquan Smith for for a touchdown on the goal line. That's that's what David Montgomery does. It's just he doesn't have the veteran process. Like I know Adrian Peterson is a poor example, but just for that one game, you saw what you right. can do when you have the ability and the coach keeps going with you. Like Dale Bevel, like not not dumb. He's not Matt Patricia dumb, but he realized that Adrian <laughs> Peterson knew where the weaknesses in this team. It's like okay, let's let's pound it down their throat with you, and and yeah, they did I, for the fifteen carries he had. I loved Montgomery coming coming out of Iowa, dude. Iowa State, right? Mm-hmm. Actually. Uh, I, I love them coming out of Iowa State. I thought his tape was great. It just fell into a bad situation. So, all right, let's uh, hear what you got about some wide receivers. All right, so we talked about Matt Ryan. I brought up Julio Jones. I know he did not practice again today. Um, it's also another day that ends in a lie when we're talking about Julio and missing practice. <laughs> it's one of those things I wouldn't be surprised if you get the limited in tomorrow and then game time, let him warm up. Yeah. And then they said, and that's great. Obviously, if he doesn't play, it doesn't matter. But for $6,600 on DraftKings and $7,600 on FanDuel, that's one of those things you're buying at a price that you rarely see for a guy of his stature. Um, it's kind of like when you could find Christian McCaffrey under like $9,000 on DraftKings. Like, <laughs> yeah. it was impossible, especially last year. So, like, when he came back from injury this year and he was – like sub 9,500 is one of those where you kind of got to play him things because he's that good and he commands that type of salary when you're talking about daily fantasy. Um, one thing, just looking up at what he's done this year, um, he's played in nine games. Um, in seven of those, he's played at least 79% of the snaps. In those seven games, in five of them, he's finished with no less than 94 yards through the air. In three of them, he had at least 127 yards. In that fifth game, he had 97. So in three of seven games, he's hit the yardage bonus without touchdowns. Um, he's hit double-digit targets in five games this year, um, and that's with a couple that were nine and eight. Like, you're talking to a guy that, that commands his line because it's, it's Julio Jones. Um, it's just one of those things. You just don't know if he's going to be healthy. So that's where the volatility comes in very much. You have a high-variance quarterback with Ryan. You have a high-variance wide receiver but again you're targeting a secondary in los angeles bad it's just not good they don't really have any way the pass rush is is awful too and atlanta's offensive line is just good enough to give him enough time to make sure he can find his top receivers yeah i'd say he's probably not a cash play guy though just because of the volatility but yeah you're right with the uh, with attorneys I, i'd say he's he's a good a good go after there now the next guy is cash play and that's Devontae adams um, 8,400 on DraftKings, 9,600 9, on FanDuel. It's one of those things, like, you're paying for what you get. Right. And it, it, makes it, it makes it a little bit more difficult to do, like, a Rodgers-Devontae stack because you're, you're taking a lot of salary out unless you're willing to, like, dive bomb at defense and tight end where it's a little bit easier to since the, the, the variance is pretty much um, up and down every week. But Devontae Adams, he's, he's just the guy. He's, he's the best wide receiver in fantasy football this year. Um, and you just know, you know where the ball's going. And that's one of those things that you want. You want consistency. You want a high floor. And you also know you can potentially get a high ceiling with Devontae Adams. Like, he, he could easily do three times his, his salary, which isn't as valuable of information as it used to be. 
Um, but just knowing that he can go off for 130 and two touchdowns like he did last week, like that's just it's it's nice. Nor was like 97 and two touchdowns, like. It's just a safe floor. It's a guy that you can plug in, and if he does have one bad week, you're like, you know what? I'm going to go back to him again next week because you know what he is. Um, the last guy that I really like a wide receiver, Tyler Boyd, Cincinnati. Um, the reason why, 4900 on DraftKings, 6700 on FanDuel, so that price on DraftKings is one of those ones you want to target. Um, also, if Brandon Allen is the quarterback, uh, that's been his favorite target is Tyler Boyd. And then T. Higgins also comes in play here. So if you're aiming for potentially doing a lower stack or if you want to do a game stack with the Dallas side as well, too, where there could be a lot of weapons that are useful, um, I, I just really like Tyler Boyd. Um, he's been pretty safe considering that he doesn't have his quarterback in Joe Burrow. Um, it's just one of those plays. You want a little bit more variance. He's not expected to have high roster ship uh, using Fantasy Labs. Uh, checking through their uh, projected uh, ownership levels as well, too. And he is the top-rated wide receiver on DraftKings this week. So that does matter a lot. Yeah, I, I just – it's hard It's hard to buy into a Brandon Allen receiver. I get Boyd's been targeted heavily. Um, Higgins has had a couple big plays, but I don't know. AJ, what, I mean, what are you feeling with that one? I mean, you, put, you dabble in a little DFS as well, probably more than I do. Yeah, Boyd's tough. I, I mean – he was so good earlier on in this year with Burrow and, and, you know, that was the, the comfort zone was there and he had one catch last week. He had four targets, one catch. It just happened to go for 72 yards and a touchdown. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so it's like, uh, all right. So he kind of makes up for it if he gets one for 72 and a six, but you know that's not really what you're banking on if you're going out and spending the money on him. You you want to get more consistency and and have him actually get those targets. Um, but again, Dallas sucks, so it's not hard to <laughs> want to play any receiver against them. So I I'm kind of up and down on Boyd. I, I'll I'll have to see you know how I am Sunday, but I I don't hate the call. Um, it's it's just a little more risk reward for me. I feel like you could almost do a full onslaught in a lineup in that game. You can go Brandon Allen, Gio Bernard because he does have he does have receiving value, especially yeah. in draft yeah. games. You could do something like Boyd and or Higgins, and then you can run it back with Amari Cooper, or you can run it back with you know CD Lamb, or you can run it back with Zeke. You know if you think he's going to get you know a good run on an injured. Bengals lineup, like you do a full game stack, and that's something that you're looking for too. Because when you're playing in larger tournaments, you want variance. You want to have, you don't want to, like, there's a lot of very obviously good plays this week, you know, and, you, and you're justified for playing them. Like, nobody's going to tell you, don't play Derrick Henry. Like, you know, he's only playing you in know, one of the worst defenses. Don't play him, you know. Um, it's one of those things you want to get a leg up on other people. Like, do you, you look at, like, DraftKings Sportsbook or FanDuel Sportsbook, what's the over-under? Like, this game, two bad defenses. This game projected to be just shy of 50 points, I think, at the moment. Like, that's on par with L.A. Chargers and Atlanta Falcons, where you're going to see pieces being used in that game, you know, and stuff like that. Or you're going to see Detroit and, excuse me, Green Bay, where I think it's something like 45 points. Like, that's, you know, only a couple points less, but... A lot of people are targeting your Aaron Rodgers, Devontae Adams, Aaron Jones. You know, so those are guys that in a lower scoring game are going to have higher ownership 
than these guys at more volatile prices in a more volatile game, but a higher over-under as well, too, so that does make a difference. Yeah, I mean... I can get on board. I, I you know, I, I don't play anything with cash, so I probably won't have any of them. But uh, I, I feel you, man. Uh, real quick, let's wrap things up with some tight ends and some defenses. All right, tight end. Uh, Travis Kelsey? Duh. Yeah, we're uh, done, right? Uh, yeah. So that, like, <laughs> also, what, what is really kind of interesting, it's been a few weeks since him and Darren Waller have been on the main state together. So this is the first time we've had the two most dominant tight ends where there could be some ownership discrepancy because they're taking away from each other. Um, I'm actually fully fading Darren Waller this week. I don't like his matchup. So I'm actually not going to play him in any uh, DFS form whatsoever. But Travis Kelsey, you want to spend up on him? Duh. If you want to go low, bottom out. Dalton Schultz. Um, schedule adjusted points uh, to tight ends. Lowest defense, Cincinnati. So that's one of those guys. He has he has the lowest A dot of the four guys that are targeted the most by Andy Dalton in weeks ten to thirteen. Um, that matters because the offensive line just lost Zach Martin. So you're looking for an easy dump off type of guy. It's either going to be Zeke, it's going to be Pollard, it's going to be Dalton Schultz, who is also the third most targeted guy in the red zone in that offense. Fun fact: the other Drew Sample, twelve targets in Brandon Allen's two starts. He has eleven receptions off of it. It's a great way to get down to $3,000 on DraftKings, save some money for your Devontae Adams and stuff like that, and you at least know that the targets are going to be there. Process over results, unfortunately, half the time. So if you're going to give me 12 targets in two weeks from a tight end, that's pretty much min cash. I'm totally going to do that. You feeling Cole Komet at all? I liked what they did last week. Um, right? You're also, I mean, is, okay. he a, is he a pump play? Uh, I, don't know I, his, I, don't, I don't know what his value is right his now. His projected ownership, according to Fantasy Labs, using the Bells model, is sub-5%. That's fantastic. You, like, if you get guys like that and you, and you trust that they can be targeted again, he yeah, out-targeted Jimmy Graham last week, 7-1. to one. I mean, that's massive. And well, his, his, yeah, his target share... of the snaps last week. That's huge. Right, right. Like It's been going his way for a while now, and it's finally passed yeah. Graham. That's why I said it, and then it you know, came to fruition last week. You know, they called sell, sell the seven targets and five catches. I just wonder like, if it's really going to keep going. Obviously, Houston's defense isn't very good, so mm-hmm. we all like that. It's just a matter of, like, can he be consistent enough to, you know, make, I don't know what his price is anywhere. I haven't looked yet. Uh, but without having it in weekend. front of me, I guarantee you it's going to be somewhat around the same as Schultz and Sample. Um, so okay. you're, you're looking at you're looking at a guy that's going to save you a lot of coin for other players. Um, yeah, I, he's he's absolutely in play this week. Um, I don't know how many lineups I plan on doing, and since tight end is so volatile. I don't mind paying up your Travis Kelsey because you know you get there at least. Like his, right. like, like his seven targets are different than Colton at seven targets. Let's um, not right. I, you know? I mean, yeah, I, so like you have, you have to pay, weigh that a little bit too. This has been a year that I have heavily, and I'm I'm trying I'm looking down because I'm trying to find Colton Metz. I wouldn't be happy. Sub three thousand. Uh, he's twenty nine hundred. Yeah, he's he's hundred dollars below your sample. <laughs> Dirt cheap. He's that, that cheap. Him way so cheaper than stack than, your tight end spot and your flex spot. Six hundred dollars cheaper than Schultz. You, you know, sample this is. Commit. I think this year nobody's won the Millie Maker with a double tight end stack using tight end and flex. So that is something you want variance. You want to set yourself different. Two tight ends is one of those ways to do, it, especially if you think that that the floor and ceiling are both exceptionally high in those players. Yeah. I mean, guys, I like. I mean, I like everybody. If you're gonna, if you're not gonna pay up for Kelsey, which is, I think, the only guy you really want to pay up for, to mm-hmm. be honest, it's you. You you go after Schultz. You go after 
Logan Thomas, Jordan Reed, they're all right there in the same price range. 35, Jordan, 35, Jordan 30, Reed has revenge game, so. Yeah. I mean, it, yeah, whatever. You can't, you can't that, fault so. the the Washington team for cutting him. He, dude was dead for years, it felt like. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, and then you can drop all the way down to command. I think that's <laughs> I think that's the only other guys down there you want to you want to go after. Everybody else is kind of meh to me. So, yeah, but I mean, uh, although, honestly, Aikens, Aikens could be something interesting if because there's a bunch of injuries on the Houston receiving court. They don't play. Aikens could be money. I had a conversation with TJ Hernandez of 4 for 4 today. And I dropped a little Akins, I sprinkled a little Akins into our conversation. I emojis. So, so Aiken, by the way, Chicago, they are terrible against tight ends. They're good against everybody else, but they are terrible against tight and, ends. And the safety that's usually more often dropping in to stop the tight end is Evie Jackson, all pro guy. Not this year. He has been terrible. He is he is he is he has had an issue with tackling this year. So um, that's one of those guys too. That's he's gonna be sub three percent on guaranteed. Like Jordan Aiken, especially be. especially might. because he's he's been butt the last two weeks. We're going yeah. back even to Thanksgiving when people uh, <laughs> were targeting him, me included, uh, especially in single game DFS. Yeah. That's that's a, there's just there's a lot of nice variants cheap at tight end if you don't want to go for high floor guy like Kelsey. All right, defense real quick. I'll run yep. through it. Um, Packers, um, just because Jair Alexander is going to stop Marvin Jones. Actually, because he's arguably been the best cornerback this year. Obviously, Marvin Jones had his way against Kyle Fuller of the Bears last week. But that's the best that Marvin Jones has looked by himself this year without Kenny Galladay. Um, they cut Marvin Hall. You're really going to trust uh, Muhammad Sanu um, to do damage. If you don't have DeAndre Swift, you have your most versatile running back out. Um, the issue with the Packers is that their pressure has been low this year, considering they have the Smith brothers, you know, on that defense. But I, I, I trust that defense. I, I trust uh, Mike Patton to actually do enough to slow down uh, Stafford, who honestly in the first half of the game last week really didn't look good. It wasn't until uh, the Bears kind of sat back and uh, didn't really do anything to uh, get any pressure on him that uh, he started throwing for 400 yards. Uh, other defenses, the Chiefs on the road. Uh, I know Mike uh, Jasicki has been a really kind of like popular play going into this week after his 80-plus um, yards in the touchdown last week. He's a glorified slot receiver. What does Kansas City do very well? Shut down slot receivers. So if they're going to set him away from the line of scrimmage, I don't think he does anything. So then you're depending on Devontae Parker and Miles Gaskin with whatever power Tua has behind his arm. I don't like that. I think the Chiefs mm-hmm. can get enough pressure, and that is a very opportunistic secondary, as you saw um, in primetime against Denver. That's a very opportunistic defense. And the last one, if you want to punt the position, Cincinnati Bengals. I know the defense is not the greatest, but you know what Dallas does a lot? not show up, especially Suck. this year. <laughs> and all it does is take Andy Dalton to get this, you know, revenge game, like a legitimate revenge game into his head, or just not having his offensive line, like I mentioned earlier, and Cincinnati can be real sneaky. They could easily hit their value at $2,300 on DraftKings. So that's yeah. one of those things, like, you're, you're clearly just hoping for, you're hoping for a touchdown, really, from your defense or on kick or punt return when you're doing that low, but it's worked out very well in the past, uh, including the Las Vegas Raiders when they traveled to Atlanta. They put up a monster game, and they were the lowest salary of the week 
uh, yeah. on DraftKings when they ended up putting like twenty something points against Atlanta. Yeah, no, I, I like uh, I like the Bengals. I actually kind of like the Falcons again, not because of the game against uh, that, that they had a couple weeks ago or just last week, right? Uh, but it's just like they've been coming on strong. Another salary saver I like is shockingly the Giants. They've been playing real solid, mm-hmm. man. Um, mm-hmm. And then if you want to go up a little higher. I think the highest I might go this week is the Panthers at 2,900 uh, going against Denver. Yeah, uh, the Panthers have, have um, double-digit points in, in, multiple, in multiple weeks here in a row. And, and uh, not like – I mean, Denver's not really wowing anybody. So Yeah, the, the only issue I have, Carolina's run defense has gotten better, which is nice. But I really like Tim Patrick. I really like Noah Fant. It's just whether or not the game plan – um, favors what Drew Locke has been better at this year, and that's l- l- higher percentage throws inside like seven yards. Um, I looked at that for the Sunday night game, and Jerry Judy I had as a full fade because he had the highest average depth of target on that receiving core. Um, he was the only one that was in double digits. Uh, then you had Tim Patrick, you had KJ Hammer, who was yeah. four yards. Um, and what happened in that game? Drew Locke, when he was most successful, hit guys on more intermediate or close routes. And that included yeah, Noah Fant when he was good. Jerry Judy, majority of his targets, again, were beyond 10 yards from the line of scrimmage, and he had one catch. So that's yeah. the thing you have to worry about is whether or not um, Vic Fangio and whoever the offensive coordinator is in Denver are scripting a good enough game plan to let Drew Locke find his way close, let Melvin Gordon and Philip Lindsay do their thing, and then he can air it out. That's the way he's going to beat Carolina. Yeah, I, I I hear you. I I just uh, I don't have a lot of trust in Denver oh, well, <laughs> right I, now. I, so I don't I don't either um, because <laughs> I definitely rostered uh, Kansas City's defense in like half of my lineups last week. Yeah, absolutely. All right, man. Well, hey, uh, thanks for uh, jumping on. I know you know you're always behind the scenes. And we're, <laughs> we're repeating what you say a lot, but uh, good good to get your voice here on air and uh, and uh, it was all great information. So uh, we I will. It. Uh, I'm gonna go back to work. Okay. Yeah, no, no. See you later, man. (laughs) Let's jump into some news here. Let's let's rip through these. uh, As we've mentioned um, uh, through through the comments here on YouTube, Denzel Mims is out. Uh, It was a personal issue. He went home, but he's not going to have enough time to pass the COVID protocols to come back to the team. So he is done. Uh, Daniel Jones, quarterback here, hamstring limited. I mean, look, we don't know if he's going to play yet, but I mean, AJ, real, real quick, you know, ten seconds. You know, what do you do? We trust him as a streamer play against a weak Arizona D, or does this hamstring really just make you want to run away? Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm staying away from him personally. I just, it's not going to be worth it. It's, a, it's a great matchup on paper, but if you're banged up and you know, Gallman's not looking like he's going to have a great game either, so. I'm staying away from Giants offense. Yeah, I uh, I do not blame you there. Gallman might be the only guy I, I trust at this point, which is shocking to say. Uh, running backs, we got Todd Gurley, as we mentioned, with the knee limited. Zeke, calf injury limited. So that's something to watch out for. Short week for them. DeAndre Swift, illness, you know, repercussions from the, you know, lingering effects from the concussion or whatever it is. Uh, he was limited, so I guess it, it's kind of good news, better than last week already. Um, 
James Robinson, knee injury. He was limited. I think he's expected to play, though, but something to keep an eye out on. Josh Jacobs, ankle. Good news, he was limited in practice today because he did not practice on Wednesday, so he's trending in the right direction. Uh, Salvin Ahmed, uh, shoulder, did not practice. James Conner, he's off COVID IR, so he's expected to play. And Chris Carson, you know, as we mentioned, I think he's probably going to play, but he's got that foot injury. He's limited. It's, it's going to be... You know he's not going to get the full workload, but I, as as Jeff alluded to there or mentioned, I, I think he's trustworthy enough. He's going to get the important touches. So. Yeah. All right. So receiver, we already touched on uh, Julio here. He's dealing with the hamstring. Did not practice. Probably won't until early game time. Uh, Allen Robinson is limited uh, with a knee injury. T. Higgins was also limited with hamstring. Jerry Judy also limited, but he should play. Uh, he's still dealing with an ankle. Uh, Kenny Galladay uh, did not practice. Hip injury still. I don't know if he's going to end up playing the rest of the season. Honestly, I'd, I'd be pretty surprised, um, which is a shame because I own him a lot. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> and I don't even know if I'm in playoffs in those teams, so it doesn't really matter anyways. So thanks, Galladay. Uh, Alan Lazard uh, is limited. He is expected to play. He's dealing with a core injury. Uh, Kiki Kuti is limited, dealing with a knee. Brandon Cooks, shocker, neck, foot, limited. Uh, McLaurin, we already talked about, um, limited with ankle. A.J. Brown, also ankle, did not practice. Uh, Mike Evans is dealing with a hamstring he did not practice, and that was uh, being downgraded from limited, so he's trending in the wrong direction. Debo did not practice with foot. Crowder was uh, dealing with a calf injury. He was limited. Tyreek Hill uh, did not practice. Um, he is listed with illness. Uh, and then tight ends, we've got Hayden Hurst is dealing with an ankle injury. He is limited. Kyle Rudolph did not practice with foot. His teammate, Irv Smith, uh, did not practice, still dealing with lingering back issues. Um, and then John Smith was limited with a knee injury. So that is our injuries. All right, let's, let's finish jump. it off here. Yeah, yeah let's, let's jump into our sleepers, bust, tight end, and defensive streamers for your week 14 first round of the playoffs. Uh, you know, maybe last week of the season. So sleeper, if anybody is listening for the first time, it's a quarterback outside of the top 15 of the fantasy pros expert consensus ranking. So AJ, you have the floor. All right. Well, we opened the show talking about this guy, so might as well sort of finish the show talking with Jalen hurts. As I said earlier, it can't really be much worse than Wentz. So, <clears throat> why not? Um, I, I mean, and again, this isn't if you're in the playoffs, you're, you're not really starting hurts. No, unless you somehow limped into the playoffs uh, with Burrow. I don't know. Uh, but maybe if you're in your toilet boy playoff, you play. Jay yeah, Hertz. I mean, this this is for the <laughs> consolation bracket people sure. out there, which is me in most leagues. Um, so I might start hurts in a couple of leagues. We'll see. Fantastic. All right, so I'm going Kirk Cousins. I know it's a pretty tough matchup on paper. But, like, look, I mean, we, we've seen the Bucks, you know, get passed on, uh, you know, granted against 
probably better quarterbacks than Kirk, but I could see Kirk having to play catch up here and, you know, just having to air it out. And he's got two good receivers in, in Thielen and Jefferson. So I, I could see Kirk, you know, cracking the top 12. Uh, all right. I'm running back outside the top 24 of the, the fantasy pro DCR. All right. So running back, I am going with Ty Johnson. Um, look, the dude showed up last week when uh, Dino Gore went out. And, you know, Gore's <laughs> questionable again. Uh, it's not my name. I have to uh, I have yeah, to give credit to uh, our <laughs> our Scott Fish, uh, who does 1.02 work for Twitter group. Um, All right. Anyway, so <laughs> favorable matchup this week, though, against Seattle. And, you know, if Gore's going to be out, Johnson's going to be the guy. So I like him. Yeah, and funny enough, we're we're both picking people related to the Lions. Uh, I'm going with Adrian Peterson. I think even if Swift is active, I think AP gets plenty of work. Uh, I think they're going to protect Swift just enough that um, you know to make sure he's okay, getting through this game healthy, not ruin his you know future career. And um, you know Peterson can just fall into the end zone once, maybe twice, and, and make a make a day of it. So. That's where I'm headed here. Uh, receiver, what you got? Oh, sorry. Anybody else have the top 36? All right. I am going with Mr. Mike Williams of the L.A. Chargers. I, since the calendar turned to November, I mean, granted, we're in December now. and halfway through it. But since the calendar turned to November, he's had 41 targets. Um, he's got a very favorable matchup against Atlanta. Uh, we already talked about this game being potentially high scoring because both defenses pretty much suck. So, yeah, why not? I mean, he's got two touchdowns in that same time since 11-1. You know, not a lot, but it's going on touchdown 0-0, touchdown 0-0. Where do uh, you go now? I, touchdown. I, All right. Love it. I'm. I'm, I'm a I'm, man of patterns and numbers. I'm bad Even at patterns. Even though they never make sense somehow in my <laughs> head, they do. Uh, all right, so I'm going back to a, a guy that Jeff talked about in DFS, and it's Tim Patrick. I mean, <laughs> this guy's been this guy's been super consistent for the Broncos uh, outside of the uh, the zero QB game. So I don't count that one, right? Uh, he's been double digit scoring for the last like four games. It's crazy so stop lowering tim patrick in our rankings like i i've boosted him up above where where i like all of the defaults go every single time it's just like i can't i i can't stop fading this guy now it's it's enough is enough he's he's in my lineups at this point he's a flex play for sure um quarterback bust anybody inside the top 12 Top 12. This one was a little tough for me because you kind of took the guy that I was thinking of. But um, I had to go with Watson. Uh, Look, I know he racked up a ton of yards last week. Did only have the one touchdown. Now, granted, that could change this week against the Bears. They've they've been pretty friendly to opposing quarterbacks as of late, uh, giving up at least two scores the past few games. But... We already talked about the different injuries that they're dealing with uh, in the receiving core. So if Watson's going to get it done, I really feel like he's going to have to do it on the ground. And 
that doesn't really bode well against the Bears in my mind. So I'm just not loving Watson this week. Yeah, he was probably number two on my list. I went with Josh Allen. I, I think this was kind of the obvious play. Playing the Steelers, who just lost to Washington, I think they're going to come out fired up. We know this defense is super good. I mean, yeah, Allen, Allen is you know one of the better quarterbacks this year, but we've seen him have some pretty down games. You know, uh, he had like a three game stretch there where it wasn't you know top notch and. It, you know, he was easily outside the top 12 a bunch of those weeks. Uh, last week, he just looked amazing, and I feel like people are just jumping on back on the bandwagon, and this is not the week to do it. Um, he needs to get lowered in the rankings, and he, he's probably not going to finish inside the top 12. But um, running back inside the top 20 is a bust. I'm going with Austin Eckler. Um, you know, I, I get that he was... He had a nice uh, average last week. I think it was around four and a half yards per carry, but he just didn't get to play much because they were getting so blown out by uh, the Patriots. So that was a little bit more game script, but he does have a tougher matchup going against Atlanta this week. They do have a pretty solid run D. Um, Again, I I do expect this to be a pretty high scoring game, but I, I think that they have other options there. Um, that have been shown to to be successful with Eckler out. So they may still be trying to ease him in. Uh, I'm just a little bit down on him this week. Yeah, that's a, that's a tough one, man. Eckler's a baller. Uh, gets a lot of works. But mine's going to be Kareem Hunt. I mean, really, he hasn't done a whole lot. He's gotten a lot of carries, you know, 10 to 12 to 14 carries over the last few weeks. But this really hasn't done much. And, and actually is losing carries in the passing game uh, I, I think honestly I think the weather is actually having a little bit to do with that like the weather improved and so they've been able to throw the ball a little bit downfield more and not just have to dump it off to hunt and the running game has been so good with Chubb that they haven't had to utilize hunt as much to get those first downs you know to keep drives going Chubb's is doing it himself so mix that in with them playing the Ravens I don't really want anything to do with Hunt this week. Um, inside the top 24 is a receiver. Uh, I'm going with Deontay Johnson here. Um, you know, we kind of already talked about Big Ben being potentially an issue, but really the bigger issue here, I think, is the drops. And he is the guy when it comes to drops. He's got an 8.4% drop rate, which is air quotes good. For fourth worst in the league, uh, and that's per Mike Clay on ESPN. Um, you know, Tomlin has already been threatening to bench players for drops, uh, so I wouldn't be surprised to see Johnson getting getting pulled and and maybe see a little more work out of James Washington this week. Uh, so it'll be yeah. interesting. Well, yeah, I mean, we'll, the vo- we'll see. he's still he's still a volume hog, and yeah. you know, for every drop he has, he ends up having a nice play right after it seems like, but or three or <laughs> so, yeah. yeah, I mean, mine's uh, mine's Terry McLaurin here. Like he, he's already banged up, you know, he, he's dealing, dealing with an injury as we, as we mentioned before. Um, and on top of that, like Alex Smith really limits his ceiling. Um, 
McLaurin's not getting those downfield looks that he was getting before, you know, so he's having to catch volume for, you know, underneath routes and, and make plays off of it. He can, I just, I just don't like it. Like if he's dealing with an angle injury, that's slowing him down and having to catch on un, underneath stuff. I just don't really like it this week. Um, all right. Our tight end streamers, anybody 60% or less. Um, we already talked about this guy. I'm going with drew sample. You know, he's had a nice high target share with Allen, you know, and again, great opponent against the stinky Cowboys. <laughs> uh, I'm going uh, Logan Thomas. I mean, I feel like he's been been a staple of this segment all season. I don't quite know why he's not owned more yet. And yeah, it's a it's a tough San Francisco matchup. They allow the fewest points to tight ends. But I just said with McLaurin, like, look, Alex Smith wants to check down, throw the ball to tight ends, running backs a lot. Uh, he'll throw downfield like every five, six plays. It feels like, and it's just not enough to, to you know, to to keep those receivers, uh, to get those receivers enough targets to where Logan Thomas and those kind of guys don't get the ball enough. Logan Thomas has been pretty good the last couple weeks. He scored a lot, so yeah, it's uh, he he's he's somebody that I'd be worth risking against San Francisco. Yeah, uh, I, I I like the call. Uh, defenses to finish up here, sixty percent or less. Uh, again, we talked about uh, this defense in the DFS uh, segment there with Jeff. I like Carolina a lot this week. You know, they had double digit points the last two weeks. Okay, well, let's look at why they had those double digit points. They're averaging only fourteen points against, three and a half sacks two fumble recoveries, and a touchdown. I mean, that's that's pretty damn solid. Granted, yeah. they shut out Detroit and gave up 28 against uh, Minnesota, so that's why the average is what it is. Um, but they also had five sacks against Detroit, only two against Minnesota. But they had three fumbles recovered against Minnesota to only one, and then both of their touchdowns came against Minnesota. So... You know, it's it's pretty easy for me. They're coming off a bye. They're well-rested, and they get to stay home and face a crappy Denver team. So I'm okay with it. Yeah, I like Carolina a lot. There was a bunch of defenses I was uh, looking at this week, and uh, one who I, you know, I wrote my notes last night before waivers ran, and I was sure as hell their ownership was going to go above 60, and it did not. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers going against the Minnesota Vikings, who you just mentioned Carolina shut down and got a bunch of turnovers and sacks, and you name it. That's what Minnesota is good for. They might put up some points, but they are prone to defenses scoring points on them because of all the mistakes they make. So Tampa Bay is 100% on the top of my list here as one of the defenses to own. Um Second place to me was probably Carolina, and then after that I went with Washington. Um, I think San Fran's another one of those teams that can make mistakes as well. So, uh, and the Washington front has just been on fire lately, so it's hard to stop them. So, all right, man. Well, that's all we got for Week 14. Good luck to everybody in their first week of playoffs or their last week of the regular season. Uh, we've got the Rams on top, twenty-four to three, and um, yeah, I, I 
I got to apologize to everybody I told the sit Cam makers today. Like, holy cow, this guy has been a monster. Who thought that McVay was actually going to go back to the same running back two weeks in a row? Not me. <laughs> so he never does. But... He never does. Exactly. So it's like, ah, I mean, history not on my side there. So whatever. All right, man. That's it for the show. I uh, got anything else to add? No, I mean, I'm just generally a happy person, so. Yeah, sounds like it, man. Just drink some milk here. (laughs) Cheers. Stay safe. All the strata.